You only have about two minutes uh, once a missile is coming for it to be destroyed. Retired General Douglas Carver served as chief of chaplains for the U.S. Army. I remember I, I wanted the troops to look in my eyes and not see fear. I wanted them to see peace and comfort and strength. There was a peace that came upon me uh, in that bunker, that, which really kind of gave me my first taste of what war was all about. General Carver is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. My co-host Jim Kirkland is taking some time off for Christmas. And speaking of Christmas, General Carver is going to be sharing some stories of Christmas in the military. GPS. God. People. Stories. Doug Carver grew up in North Georgia. He surrendered his heart to Jesus when he was about 11. He felt called into ministry when he was 14. And then a deacon had his sons, uh, when he came home from Korea, an Air Force chaplain, spoke in our church. And it really kind of connected to be able to be a preacher of God's Word, to be entrusted to preach the gospel, and also to do that in uniform. It really intrigued me even as a, as a teenager. From there, Doug went on to graduate from high school in 1969, joined the ROTC, and graduated from college in 1973. And that's the same year he married his wife. Today, they have two daughters and four granddaughters. Doug began his Army career in 1973, just as the Vietnam War was winding down. The war actually ended in 75, but that's the main reason I got into the military. I was a field artillery officer. And I really found my place, if you will, in the military. I, I enjoyed the culture. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed serving our country. But always out there was that calling to ministry that Doug had felt years earlier. I think the turning point was... Uh, I had a deacon ask me, hey, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I said, well, I, you know, I love the military. Maybe I'm going to serve in the Army 20 or 30 years, get out, go to seminary, and then preach to Jesus comes or calls me home. And he said to me sort of uh, humorously, don't give God the leftovers. That eventually led Doug to resign his Army commission and go to seminary. He stayed in the reserves while he attended school, and then he went back to active duty as a chaplain in 1984. My first assignment was at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, home of the 101st Airborne Division. And I would, and so I, I, I really served from the battalion level, which is about 500 to 700 soldiers, uh, through every level of the Army. And as the chaplain, it was Doug's job to build relationships with the soldiers in his battalion and with their families. He says it's not much different from what a local pastor would do. The primary difference is you live and work with and deploy with these men and women that you serve. So uh, when they go off to war or to training or wherever, you're getting on that plane, uh, you're getting on that ship, wherever they go. We call it ministry of presence, wherever they are. When they're going, uh, when they're going for their unit runs or they're going to the, uh, to the, to the weapon range, uh, you're, you're there with them uh, through all of the seasons uh, of their life. And, of course, one of the seasons of life is death. Just two weeks before Christmas 1985, December 12th to be exact, death shook the lives of hundreds of people at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I'd been there about a year, and we were waiting for our troops to come back from the multinational peacekeeping operation in the Sinai. They'd been gone six months, and our plane uh, 
crashed upon takeoff at Gander, Newfoundland. And uh, all 248 soldiers were killed, including one of our chaplains. And um, that was probably a definitive um, ministry moment in my life because to have 248 dead soldiers, 248 grieving uh, spouses, children, family members, service members, I I cannot describe um, what we all went through as, as an army and uh, as a local military community, uh, as that tragedy. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. The last memorial service wasn't held until March of the following year. The crash remains the worst peacetime military air crash in U.S. history. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Doug says he and the rest of the military chaplaincy learned a lot about grief counseling from that tragedy. I still remember the wonderful commander who at that moment turned to our senior chaplain and said, tell us what we need to do. And there are times in the life of the military when things are so chaotic or so dramatic or so horrible that they'll look to the chaplain to somehow bring peace or order or normalcy out of chaos. What about when you're huddled in a bunker with ballistic missiles headed your way? Can a chaplain offer peace then? We had a particular day when uh, Iraq's uh, Saddam Hussein and his forces uh, fired about 12 theater ballistic missiles all over near our units in Kuwait. Chaplain Carver remembers being crowded into bunker number seven with a lot of other people. And you only have about two minutes uh, once a missile is coming for it to be destroyed. And I remember sitting there praying, asking God to forgive me of every sin I'd committed uh, or forgotten to admit. And, and then, I, then I started praying for those around me in case their prayer lives weren't current. And I remember I, I wanted the troops to look into my eyes and not see fear. I wanted them to see peace and comfort and strength. And I, I don't know what, I hope that's what they saw. But there was a peace that came upon me uh, in that bunker, that, uh, which really kind of gave me my first taste of what war was all about. The Iraq War began in 2003 and Chaplain Carver deployed with the first wave of troops from Kuwait. He was there from 2003 to 2004, and he spent both Thanksgiving and Christmas of 2003 in Iraq. I was amazed to see how um, our troops were given a traditional Thanksgiving or Christmas meal with ice carvings and decorations. And it's almost as if each area, uh, the military leadership went out of their way to make it just like back home. I mean, with, you know eggnog and turkey and pumpkin pie and all it was just totally amazing and visiting our troops uh, over thanksgiving was just unbelievable not only did chaplain carver spend time with a lot of troops during that thanksgiving 
He also spent some time with the commander in chief. President Bush had made a surprise visit to the troops in Iraq. And what I remember about that is the amount of time that he spent with our troops. I mean, he he just didn't come speak and leave, but he worked the room. When I say he worked the room, he he walked around to all the all the tables. It was standing room only. He he went up and directed the the uh, the band that was playing for a couple of numbers, and uh, I can. I can proudly say uh, he served me sweet potatoes because he got in the uh, in the food line. And uh, I can always say the President of the United States served me sweet potatoes. That was Thanksgiving of 2003. At Christmas, the chief of chaplains for each branch of the military all visited the troops in Iraq. I remember um, outside of Mosul, near the monastery of, um, I, I think it was the monastery of Elijah, we were at this particular cathedral or um, this huge Catholic church. They had a traditional Christmas program that was being filmed for this part outside east of Mosul. <clears throat> so if you can imagine, um, there were Muslims there. There were Yazidis there. There was every kind of a, tri- a religious faith that was there. There were, there were some of the tribe of John the Baptist who were still doing some of those rituals, uh, there were obviously Christians there. I was included in the program. Luke chapter 2 was read in Arabic and spoken. Then I came out and read the Christmas story in English, and we spent a Christmas with these people, really of all the nations. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. Reading the Christmas story wasn't Chaplain Carver's only job that night. He had also been assigned to serve as the escort for the military archbishop of the Roman Catholic Church. He had midnight mass back at Baghdad Airport, and so I was standing with him in a standing room only service, and we had incoming uh, mortars and rockets. And the concussion was so strong that the candles on the altar were flickering like they were going to go out. And uh, here we are standing there worshiping the Lord. And um, and I was the escort for the priest, and he was a Vietnam veteran, so he did not flinch. And, I, and since he wasn't flinching, I stayed with him. But it was just amazing that even though you're in the middle of combat, that these services were so important. A big part of Christmas in civilian life is the giving of gifts. But Chaplain Carver says that looks a little different for troops who are stationed away from home. You know, you take away a lot of the materialism and a lot of the commercialism, and it's just a raw, simple, the real meaning that God invaded this planet at Christmas time with, with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and uh, and it's just a simple celebration without all the all of the trappings. Now that said, I remember we we received lots of gifts and packages over there, and but even then, it wasn't something that oh, this is my gift. So often we'd get gifts, we'd get shirts, we'd get clothes, we'd get candy. And it was something that was shared with the community. It wasn't something that you kept for yourself. It was always something that you opened, everybody celebrated it. And it was not only yours, but you shared it with others. Christmas Eve will find me Where the love light gleams I'll be home
God wants to share a gift with you, the gift of forgiveness. That's why Jesus was born in the manger that first Christmas. It was so that he could eventually pay the price for your sins by dying on a cross. What better time than Christmas to begin a relationship with Jesus or grow deeper in your faith? You can learn more at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Chaplain Carver is going to share something you can do this Christmas to help veterans and troops who are still serving. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. It's almost Christmas time, and of course everybody's thinking of Christmas out here, and everybody's mind is turned back home. Billy Graham, 1952, with U.S. troops in Seoul, South Korea. We've just gotten off a train. It's cold here in Korea, and very early in the morning. I'll never forget the sight last night. When scores of men gave their hearts and lives to Christ, and as these servicemen of ours out here are giving their lives and their hearts to Christ, as they are surrendering and committing their lives to Him, I'm praying that on this Christmas, you are going to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, back to Phil Fleischman. My co-host Jim Kirkland is taking some time off for Christmas. Our guest on this episode of GPS has been retired General Douglas Carver. He served as the U.S. Army's Chief of Chaplains from 2007 to 2011. And as we wrapped up our interview with him, the general asked that we would all pray for and invest in the lives of veterans and those who are still serving. Let's not neglect these men and women who have paid, uh, in many cases, the supreme devotion to duty so that we might continue to enjoy the freedom of worship, freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, and uh, and continue to pray for those who are in harm's way even this day somewhere in the world, well over 100 nations where we have troops deployed. Please continue to remember to pray for them and, and, um, and obviously look ways to share the gospel with our military families as well as to sustain and encourage and disciple those in the military um, who are struggling to keep Jesus as the center of their life um, while they're wearing the uniform. We want to thank General Carver for his service and for taking time to talk with us. We want to thank Mercy Me for the use of some of their great Christmas songs, and we want to thank you for listening to this episode of GPS, God People Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. On behalf of my co-host Jim Kirkland and everyone here at GPS, we wish you a very merry and blessed Christmas. GPS is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Christmas Eve will find me where the love lies.